Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 117, Extra or Ultra Terrestrial, Part 3. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm John Potts. And this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is quickly getting to the point where they're trying to suppress everything, right? Yep. Free speech under attack. Worse every day. We're going to keep going as far and as long as we can. And we're going to go ahead and start off today once again thanking our new subscribers. Awesome. We're not up to the to the list of the most recent subscribers, so we're still back a few uh, weeks or, or so. But uh, we're going to give some shout-outs here again today. I want to give a thank you to Michelle M., to Tracy C., Charles H., Janice W., Steve A., Carol G., John V., Mike L, James P, Richard D, Ralph K, and Julian K as well. So those are our newest seekers. That's what we're calling yeah, our subscribers. Thank you guys very much. In fact, and, I, I'm going to get a complaint, I know, because uh, one of our friends that lives in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah? She's been listening because she said, hey, I'm a subscriber or I'm a seeker, right? Oh, yeah? And you guys <laughs> haven't mentioned my name yet. And Uh-oh. I said, well, it's coming, right? But I'm not going to mention her name yet. She has to wait, which means she has to listen to more episodes, right? Oh, that's good. That's a good teaser. Well, we're going to keep going through the names. We're eventually going to catch up, hopefully, with everybody. But yep. um that's just good news that we keep adding more and more subscribers. We're over 126,000 unique listeners That's now. awesome. That's reaching a lot of people. Reaching a lot of people. And also, <clears throat> we are, uh, we're not where we want to be at goal-wise for the actual premium subscribers yet. It's going to be a long way to go before we get to the level that we need. But we are just so appreciative of all of you that are subscribing, all of you that are sharing and liking our content. Uh, and keep in mind that um, the videos are sort of a little, uh, extra thing that we do by putting those on YouTube, but we're an audio podcast, and I'm I'm sort of surprised at how many people that are maybe my age or older aren't really 
clear on what a podcast is. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, we're just letting you know that the podcast is the audio part. And as we say in Louisiana, the video is lanyap. Okay. <laughs> That's a little something extra. And uh, But we're going to keep making those as long as we can. The platforms we have for um, videos are controlled, like YouTube is controlled by yeah. Google, yeah. Uh, Facebook, whatever. So sometimes they can suppress information. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you know, they're not as reliable as our own platform for the podcast. You know? yep. So anyway, and then one more thing before we um, uh, get away is uh, we had a lot of people sign up in November and got Gary Miller's book on creation. Yeah, it was a great book. So, yeah, I really like that book and loved it. We're going to have Gary back again, but I just want to thank all the people that did uh, subscribe in November. And if you haven't already gotten your book yet, you will shortly. We have just a few more to get out, and we'll get those shipped out this this coming week. You know. So I I was on a plane to Nashville a couple weeks ago, and I took that book. And I was reading it on the plane, and I always sit in the aisle seat. Yeah. And there was a lady on the other side of the aisle seat, and she kept looking at the book. Right? She kept. <laughs> she would. But then she was like being obvious about it. And then so finally, I, you know, I'm pretty, like I keep to myself a lot. Yeah. So finally, I'm like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, you know, I love the Lord too. Right. <laughs> that, which was funny. And I said, it, and I was funny because I had taken both of Gary's books. There right. Was, one's called Creation. The other one's called Hell. Hell, right? God's yeah. prison. Yeah. So I said, "Hey, do you want a book for the for the plane?" And she was like, "Yeah." So I got the other one out and gave it to her. So she was sitting oh. there reading. It was really cool. Well, but, you're a pretty nice guy. John. Well, I try. <laughs> yeah, I try. Well, that's awesome. Well, it's amazing the conversations that people can strike up with you when you're traveling and something like that. And then you've got a, a, an item like that. I've done that before yeah. too, where people saw what I was reading, and the next thing you know, we're engaged in a conversation. Well, that's why we need to get Bible mystery stickers so people can put them on their phone cases. Yeah. And their laptops and on their cars and stuff like that. We'll get them. We That's right. Them. And by the time this episode airs, we're going to be getting close to the Christmas season. So this is just another reminder that uh, sign up quickly if you want to join us and travel to Seguin, Texas for our upcoming Debriefing 2023, the, the Declassified yeah. uh, live recording of a Bible Mysteries podcast episode with our brother Ryan Peterson as our guest. And we're going to be excited. It's what we hope to be the start of many conferences of this sort. We're going to start very yeah. small, but we hope to grow this into something that people look forward to every year. Yeah, make a weekend out of it. Yeah. Seguin is right in the middle of San Antonio and Austin. True. So you got a lot around you. Great Mexican food in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see what hell looks like, go to downtown Austin at night. (laughs) That's That's true. It's craziness down there. (laughs) It is crazy down there. Sixth Street. Avoid it at all costs. But there's there's a lot of good uh, believers in Austin and and actually a lot of good... um, uh, folks are in Texas that even Ryan was telling me uh, a lot of his support comes from the Texas area. So we've got quite a, a, a group of people here that we can draw upon for conferences in the future okay. and other events like that. So we'll keep you posted and let you know. And we should be, by the time you see this or hear this episode, our commercial should be finished. We're going to be filming a mm-hmm. commercial for the summit. And um, yeah. It's all going to be uh, good stuff. And I got to give a shameless plug. My mother-in-law bought a table, so she will be there. So, which means I have to actually. Oh yeah. Be I'm going to be under pressure. Right. <laughs> That's good. You have to be on your best behavior, right? <laughs> and we might even have a few surprises there. Who knows? Yeah. We'll, we'll not. We're not going to tell you until it happens. But um, we are very much looking forward to Ryan joining us, and we're going to have an. 
engaging discussion. The topics are fascinating. Uh, we'll be talking about Nephilim in the end times and the seven seals in mm -hmm. the book of Revelation. And we'll, we may cover other areas, but those are going to be the two areas of focus. So speaking of Nephilim in the end times, John, let's get back to this series. This will be part three okay. of our discussion from uh, about extra or ultra terrestrials. And this came from the paper uh, that was published in the Journal of Cosmology, Volume 29, by a Dr. H.E. Putoff. And I apologize if I'm not saying his name correctly. Um, as I understand, he uh, works or did work at the Institute for Advanced Studies at Austin, which means I, I'm hoping he's in Austin, Texas, because I've been trying to reach yeah, out. I'm going to look him up. Yeah, see if, I'm we, there. See if yeah. we can interview him, and, um, and <clears throat> I'd love to have him on the show. But this paper that he wrote is called Ultra Terrestrial Models. And his belief is that, uh, and he's strictly from a, a standpoint of a scientist, not a believer, not a Christian, not a theologian, not trying to look for Bible evidence at all. He's just saying clearly there's something out there and we need to quit treating it like it's a fringe thing, that it's real. And so he poses several ideas of what this could be. And um, in his background, and I'm going to, uh, all these um, references that we're going to cite from his paper are going to be uh, put in the show notes for you to go back and look at if you want to. But you can download the entire PDF of his uh, paper here and read it yourself. Uh, but he says that the uh, for the, the models of, the, of the, the, the background of this, he's saying that they include such categories as a hidden community of ETs <clears throat> slash gods. Okay. In other words, who are these extraterrestrials why is there this technology for the what they call uaps yeah unidentified aerial phenomenon it's not ufos anymore yeah uaps for whatever reason and he thinks is it possible that they were uh, stranded here millennia ago uh, a la zachariah sitkin's earth chronicle series so yeah. he kind of draws on that theory he also says, could they be the isolated remnants of a pre-diluvial high-tech society? And then he gives in parentheses the Atlantis myth. So you've heard okay. of Atlantis, yeah. right, John, and the idea that there was this golden age civilization that was destroyed by some cataclysm, and could this be like a surviving remnant of those? Yes, yeah. okay. Or he posits an ancient occult group, uh, occult simply means secret, who happened to stumble on new energy sources and control of gravity, uh, and that they, they have this technology, but the world doesn't know about it. Okay. And he says that could include a post-World War II covert cabal of the military-industrial complex variety in line with Dolan's breakaway civilization concept. I've never read Dolan's breakaway civilization concept. Yeah, neither have I. But he just sort of summarized it there. And, John, have you ever heard of that, that, um, for example, um, there's people that think there might be a secret Nazi base in the Antarctic region somewhere. Is that something you're familiar I, with? I have uh, I've heard of that. I've heard of uh, bases. I've heard of things like our entire uh, natural park system in the United States <laughs> was established around things similar to that. I, w I wouldn't say they're all Nazi bases or something like that, but I've, yeah. know, there's all kinds of theories on why the national parks were set up or why we can't go to like the polar caps and things like that. So yeah. who knows, right? Right. Well, and of course, the, the people that believe in a flat earth think that Antarctica 
is a guarded ring of ice or wall of ice around the circumference of a flat disk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not one that believes that the Earth is actually flat. <clears throat> yeah. But it, you know, because there's this uh, controlled access yeah. to Antarctica, that kind of lends itself to their theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it could simply be that. And and I've seen pictures where I mean, tourists can go to Antarctica. You know, they, if you're allowed to go there. Oh, you can. Go you can, yeah. Okay. And there's tours there. Uh, there's a peninsula, and I forget what it's named, but it's it comes closest to South America, the tip of like Chile and okay. all that. And um, people can take these tours and go to Antarctica. You obviously can't go far into it because, well, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, and I, the money and the resources it would take to go beyond the coastline. Oh, yeah, there's probably just not infrastructure. Like, you can yeah. just drive in there, right? I mean, it's the driest area on yeah. Earth. Did you know that? Really? The okay. driest area, yeah. Uh, but but somebody, um, I was watching one of those shows, and they were throwing out the idea that if there were aliens, you know, if okay. there were extraterrestrials, and they wanted to uh, have a secret base here, that would be the perfect place to do it simply yeah. because no viruses are going to survive there. And if they might possibly be immune or, or not have any immunity to human diseases, then that would be the ideal place for them to put a base, yeah. right? So there, there's some logic to that thinking. Of course, here on Bible Mysteries, we don't believe that they're actually extraterrestrials at all. Okay. Uh, and since Dr. Putoff is suggesting these are additional options of hypotheses concerning the origin of whatever is going on in the air, mm-hmm. you know, these UFO crafts, then um, and that it's not just limited to some culture from another planet, but that it could be some of these other things we're yeah. talking about, then what we're suggesting is that all of these things keep pointing to what I say is evidence in the Bible. Yeah. That that it goes back to Genesis 6 and the angels. And yeah, so, so what, to back up real quick, when you say that here at Bible Mysteries we don't believe in extraterrestrials at <clears> all, <throat> what you're saying is that it's some kind of angelic slash demonic being. Right. right, which right. which they are extraterrestrial in in every sense exactly. of the word. So, but by yeah. the the common conception of ETs, people think of alien races from distant yeah. galaxies. Yeah, you're you know? you're saying it's not a well. We could be off base on this too, but you're saying it's not little green men flying around. Yeah. Uh, trying to figure out, or they're protecting us, or anything like that. There's exactly. a there's a big plan going on. A big plan, and, and it, to me, it all ties back to the original creation and the angelic rebellion. Oh uh, yeah, it's spiritual warfare. And you know, and since you mentioned that, I, you know, I've been watching um, Instagram reels of uh, the Mars Curiosity rover. Okay. Pictures. It might be video footage, but I think it's pictures, and it's like a panoramic shot, so it moves. So okay. it's not really a film, but it's a photo that's moving okay. on film, and it's just uh, different shots uh, produced by NASA from the Curiosity rover showing the terrain of Mars. And when I look at this stuff, I see things that I just that blows my mind. I, this looks like a, a, a bombed out civilization to yeah. me. It looks like damaged structures. Not just weird geographical shapes. I've yeah. seen circular holes in rocks that are perfectly round. Huh. And I, I see parallel lines and, and right angles that don't happen in nature. Yeah. So there's something in my mind I'm starting to think that could Mars have been one of the inhabited planets by sure. angelic civilizations yeah. that certainly had the technology to travel. And could that could that ancient war that took place before God even created man... 
have been the ruin and desolation of that planet. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Even I think Timothy Alberino in his book Birthright mentions something about what he thinks may have been a planet that might have been destroyed in the asteroid belt is the remnants of that. Yeah. And it's between Mars and uh, Jupiter, I think. You know, I love listening to him yeah. talk. I mean, he's been on, on this podcast, and I've listened to him on several others. And, man, he does some really fascinating stuff. He does. Uh, just talking about, and it's almost pre the, this book that God gave us, which right. is a handbook on how to live our life. But it does have history in it, right? Sure. But, it's, but obviously, there's a huge amount of history that we have no idea how huge it is prior to Genesis 1-1. Exactly. Right? I mean, that we have no idea how big that is. It's so interesting that God didn't give us any details specifically about yeah. that. But when you think about it, the Bible is written to men mm-hmm. about God and his redemptive work through Jesus Christ. Yeah. So why does he want to give us details about, well, we'll find out soon enough, you know, when yeah, we yeah. get to heaven and when the Lord uh, opens up all understanding, we'll be able to see... <clears throat> everything that took place in the past, and we'll be able to talk to the angels that literally fought in those wars. Yeah, that's you know, That's amazing to think that's about. Nuts. We'll see the technology they had or still possess. But, you know, he focuses attention on, this is my contract with you. I made man to have dominion of the earth, mm-hmm. not the angels. Yeah. I didn't appoint the angels in charge of the world to come. You know, so it's really, uh, it makes sense that he wouldn't give specific details. And we do our best to glean what we can from the scriptures, making reference to some historical references, like uh, records rather, like the book of Enoch or maybe other apocrypha. But we can't rely on that. You know, all we can truly rely on is the scripture. So what we're going to continue to do in this series, and we'll probably do about four episodes of this, John, Lord willing, is we're going to look at each one of these supposed hypotheses from Dr. Pudoff's ultra-terrestrial models, and we're going to see if it lines up with anything that's already in Scripture that at least hints to that. Okay. So let's start with one of those first things in his background of the hidden community of ETs slash gods. And that means that these were, you know, all of these ancient astronauts and ancient aliens type Uh shows that you see to me, are pushing the paradigm of this agenda that people that wrote about angels didn't see angels, they saw ETs. Yeah. And I say, no, it's the opposite. People that, you know, saw um, angels actually saw angels, and they are masquerading as aliens or whatever, and that might be the final deception. But the fact that there was an ancient group of gods is clear in the book of Psalms. So let's start there. We'll go to Psalm 82, and we're going to see something that a lot of Christians don't even know is in their Bible. And uh, starting in verse 1, it's just a short chapter. It says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. That's little g. Now, it's still the word Elohim in in Hebrew, which Mm -hmm. is God. But the gods, plural, when you think about the angels, are called Benai Elohim sons of God, yes. then that's who he's talking about. Yeah. These are angels. And he says, how long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked, Selah? And that tells me that he must be discussing these rebellious angels. Okay. He's addressing the fallen angels. And um, Ryan, in his book, and actually several authors, I think Timothy as well, and perhaps even L.A. Marzulli, all contend that there's there's an idea that 
God divided the nations among the, the angels, and they're called the watchers in the book of Daniel. Yeah. And yet he, he took Israel to be his. Okay. The, that nation, well, they became a nation after Abraham yeah. you know, brought yeah. forth Isaac. And so he dealt with them as a people, <clears throat> made a covenant with them. Wow, that, that, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That, that's, is that why he calls them my chosen people? Yeah. Wow. That kind of brings a whole new I life was just to that. Thought, I was kind of just breezed over that, like, mm-hmm. almost, oh, God's chosen people, whatever. But now if you're saying they were kind of divvied up, like, yeah. hey, you get this one, this one, and my chosen is this one. Right. right. Wow, that's kind of a crazy concept. And another concept to think about is, you know, at some point uh, in the book of Daniel, an angel is speaking to Daniel about uh, his prince, Michael. And Michael, yeah, the archangel. Yeah. So it, it seems that every nation has a prince over it because we see there's a prince of Grecia, a prince of Persia. Remember, we've yeah. talked about those fallen angels that are over two of the empires of the Greek and the Persian and whatever. Yeah. Well, um, so there's every reason to believe that that didn't stop, that even today the U.S. has a fallen angel prince. France has a fallen angel prince. Russia, China. But, but also a, a, a prince that is not fallen? No, I think they're all fallen. Okay. I think they're all fallen because God, according to the the one passage that I can say that I could agree with these authors I discussed about the nations having angels over them is that in Romans chapter one, God said he gave them up to vile affections to worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Yeah. So at some point, God stopped dealing with mankind probably after the flood of Noah and because of it. And he and what because what did they do? They intermingled with angels, yeah, fallen angels. So he said, "That's what you chose. That's what you get." But I'll call out a people starting with Noah, going through to Abraham and yeah. then Israel. Okay. So he assigned them a prince, Michael the archangel, and he made a covenant with them. Now they turned to be wicked too in history, yeah, uh, as the other nations were, and therefore God um, made them become not my people, Hosea chapter one. Okay. And there's uh, uh, right now they're not in a covenant relationship with the Lord, but he's going to restore them very soon. Okay. And we believe that Israel will once again be the people of God. So he's addressing these gods from my perspective. It's the fallen angels that maybe he's saying to them, listen, I gave up humanity for you guys to lead. And what have you done with them? Yeah. You've made them worse, right? So yeah. he's saying, uh, why do you, how long are you going to judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Defend the poor, verse 3, and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. He's saying, like, you're, you're not leading them in the right direction. You're not watching over them yeah. uh, in, in a way that's beneficial. He says in verse 5, they know not. He's talking about mankind. Neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. So the result of them not teaching men the right ways of God, because they rebelled, these yeah. angels, mankind went his way. And wickedness and sin prevailed. Corruption mm-hmm. overwhelmed the earth as it's doing right now. But one final time he addresses them directly in verse 6. And he says, I've said ye are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High. So that's how we know they're the angels. The Benai yeah. Elohim. Yeah. But ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. 
Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. And the last verse there seems to imply that because you won't do the right thing, you're going to be destroyed and you're going to die like men when my son comes back to restore all righteousness. Yeah. And he will inherit the nations. And while Israel will reign over the nations, uh, above them is Christ. Yeah. So ultimately, he's going to restore the nations back to God's provision. And all this is part of that ancient battle that yeah. you, were, you were watching him talk about. You know, it's crazy. <clears throat> so, really, is a fascinating thing to think about that fallen angels have been and even now are influencing humanity and directing satanic activity on and the in, earth. And in no part of this chapter here, this is all the watchers, right? There, there's Satan is not here. He's not one of these. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he, he was smart he, enough to convince them to do, to do his dirty work, right? Exactly. And and we don't know if these are the ones that fell and took the wives. This could be another group that is also corrupted. And that's fascinating to think about too, John. Yeah. That, you know, we think about nations and men and empires battling in war mm -hmm. for the mastery of a land or resources or whatever. It's been going on since we've been on the earth. Yeah. Right? Well, why would the fallen angels be any different? Maybe they too are fighting for supremacy. Maybe these sons of God and their Nephilim offspring were fighting those sons of God and their Nephilim offspring before the flood of Noah. Yeah, yeah. And there was all ki kinds of war and factional fighting going on before the final flood. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. And the book of Enoch seems to indicate that that's what happened, that they would destroy one another before God came, and, and that the sons of God would see their sons destroyed yeah. by each other before he came and brought the flood. Don't you think that that's what, kind of what this chapter is about now? These fallen angels are now in front of God. He's judging them. Yeah. And he's about to, I'm assuming deliver, hey, you're going to now watch what you created be destroyed. Absolutely. And and I think it's ultimately, it, it obviously this was written after the flood of Noah when David wrote this psalm. Okay. But he could be referring back to that. And uh -huh. it's a picture and type of what's coming when the Lord comes back. Yeah. Because remember, over and over again, we have to return to the passage in Matthew 24 when Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of yeah. Man. Right. So the parallels are there. We just have to accept it. And it's the thing that churches won't talk about. It's, it's the spiritual... Is the same passage that says knowledge will increase and men will travel to and fro? Or is that a different chapter in Matthew? That, that passage is in Daniel 12. Oh, that's in Daniel. That's okay. in the, yeah, the Old Testament. Which actually, we're going to go to Daniel now. Okay. The, but we're going to go to chapter 10. What a setup. Yeah, it was a setup. Like, you didn't even, we didn't rehearse that. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about serendipity, right? Make sure I went the right direction for Daniel. It's after Ezekiel, right? After Ezekiel, yep. Daniel is right after uh, Ezekiel and right before Hosea, I believe. And uh, so in Daniel chapter 10, uh, we want to talk about these gods, little g, okay. that Psalm 82 was referencing, and princes. So if we look in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, then said he unto me, and this is an angel appearing to uh, Daniel, 
He says, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. And by the way, I would encourage all of our listeners to consider studying Daniel chapter 10. Because Daniel reaches a point where he comes to understand how long Israel was going to be in exile because of their sin that Nebuchadnezzar, excuse me, the sin that caused Nebuchadnezzar to conquer Israel and carry them captive. Okay. So they were in captivity for 70 years. And that was the fulfillment of a prophecy. So Daniel figured that out, or he read it, or he understood it. And once he realized that was the case, he began to pray, and he began to make a confession. He was saying, now I know why we were punished. We did wrong. We disobeyed the Lord. We rebelled against him. We worship other gods. And he begins to make a confession. And uh, that, when he does that, the angel that's speaking to him then appears. That is a picture of the National Restoration Program of Israel because God is waiting on the nation to make their confession. Okay. Like Daniel did. Yeah. And when they do collectively, he's going to turn his attention back to them and their prince will return. Michael. Okay. okay. And then their king will return. Just like Jesus the angel Christ. reappears to Daniel. Just like the angel appearing here. So it's wow. an amazing picture to think about, you know. So that's Daniel 10 if somebody wants to study yeah. what you just spoke yeah, about. Yeah, if they want to okay. study all the all the verses that lead up to where we're reading right now. Okay. So right now he's saying, hey, God heard your words and I'm come for them. I heard your confession mm-hmm. and I'm coming. Uh, and he says, the, from the day you started, uh, and he says to, uh, let me read it right. You did set thine heart to understand, verse 11, or verse 12, and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard and I am come for thy words, but... The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I heard God heard your word and he sent me to you, but I've been three weeks fighting with this angel who's been keeping me from getting to you. Yeah. That's amazing. So when we talk about this uh, uh, hidden community of ET's gods, they're not hidden in the scripture. Yeah. This community of gods are the princes of the nations that surround this planet and probably have fortresses and barriers set up so that God's angels can't come in. Little do they know they're going to be wiped out completely when the Lord returns. And here's what he says. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, that's how we know these are angels, yeah. came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So the prince of Persia then was an angelic being, a fallen angel, that was the, we'll call him like the governor over Persia. Yeah. And when you think about these kingdoms of the world, first was Babylon, conquered by Persia, then conquered by Greece, yeah, yeah. then conquered by Rome. Mm-hmm. And so are there factions fighting within the fallen angels? Evidently, yes, because they're all vying for supremacy. It was the Persian Empire that replaced the Babylonian. It was Alexander the Great and the, and the Macedonian Empire that replaced yeah. Persia. And then Rome replaced Greece. So they fight amongst themselves. And he says... Um, um, and he withstood him 21 days, which is kind of crazy to think about, like... I mean, that's like a full-on three-week battle that's a going battle. back and forth. You know, what kind of battle do angels and have? And were they, like, fighting each other with, like, lightsabers like Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi and Darth Vader? Yeah. Like what or kind of, were they how, in how do they craft? Fight? I, yeah. I think they were in craft. 
Huh. You know, the same kind of crafts that we see them in in Ezekiel, perhaps, chapter 1 and chapter so 10. So that's pretty fascinating because you think, it, I guess my perception of reading through the Bible or just growing up, whatever, in, in church, you always think, oh, if God says, oh, I need you to go down to earth, that they just, they're there, yeah. right? <laughs> and what you're saying is, no, they actually have to travel through time and space, and enemy lines. Enemy lines, yeah. and they're being encountered by other beings that are, and obviously says it right here, that they with, with, withstood him. Yeah, withstood him yeah. for a number. And then he says, well, and then Michael came to back him up, right? Which implies that <laughs> and then he, he had was to go the general. Out. Yeah, and yeah. then he had to hang out, and I remained there with the kings of Persia, which I don't even know if I understand that. What is that, like earthly kings? I, I remain there with the kings. I'm not of sure what he means by if they're earthly kings, but he says um, um, when he says uh, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. The, I think what he was saying is all of the factions of the angels that are um, the watchers of Persia yeah. were involved in this battle until I could finally break through. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like Star Wars. Yeah, you know, and angels are called stars. So. So there's huh. definitely evidence in the Bible of this hidden community of ETs or gods, and there, there's nothing hidden about them. Yeah. We just can't see them, so maybe that's what the doctor means, but we see them in Scripture, Yeah. right? So that's just a fascinating thought. And then if we move on to his second uh, suggested uh, possibility of what are creating this aerial phenomenon of UFOs, a pre-diluvial high-tech society. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a fascinating series on Netflix I watched recently called Ancient Apocalypse. Yep. Uh, hosted by Graham, I want to say Hitchcock or Hancock, I forget now. I'm drawing a blank and I apologize to that person. Who, by the way, uh, evidently is not a believer yeah. in any stretch, uh, way, shape, or form. Uh, in fact, he's very critical of religion. Uh, I've seen him on Joe Rogan's podcast, yeah, and he's very critical of religion. And it's fascinating to me that he was trying to say that, and this flies in the face of all the archaeological belief system, that man didn't go from being a, a, a monkey to a hunter-gatherer to a, a more intelligent agrarian society in that yeah. order. He thinks that there was an advanced society back then somewhere that built the monolithic structures yeah. like pyramids and all these places that he go, go to. Gobelli Teki and Turkey and all these other places. And I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with I that. I do too. Yeah. But, but he completely dismisses the idea that there were giants. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So he, because okay. he, he was saying that, you know, look at all these writings. They, they talk about a flying serpent. They talk about uh, the, uh, this uh, person that came with advanced technology from far away. Mm -hmm. And all these different cultures have this story. And he said, we should be listening to that. We should be looking at that. All these cultures have a cataclysm of a flood of some kind. And even the Bible talked about that. We should be looking at that and yeah. seeing what it is. And then, and then he admits all these cultures mention giants. Well, I don't believe there were any giants. <laughs> so you're doing the same thing that you accuse the archaeologists of doing, yeah. of just ignoring the evidence that's there uh, because you don't think there's there were giants on the earth? Well, like Blurry Creature says, the Smithsonian has the bones, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he should go take a look in the basement of the Smithsonian if he can get access well, to it. Well, I mean, there's so many structures all around the world that yeah. you look at and it's kind of like... How was it? that thing had to have been built by giants? Like yeah. human beings could not Why would have, have lifted that up. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's fascinating. So, uh, so I would say that 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 series does a good job of proving that we weren't always just you know 
simpletons yeah. hunting and gathering, uh, and then finally suddenly discovered language and how to farm. Yeah. Uh, now he contends they were probably advanced people living alongside hunter gatherers, uh, as if to say there was another species maybe of human beings, and there was like Homo sapiens, and there were Neanderthals living. Okay. Which and his whole point is it throws off the entire timeline of of archaeological thinking of when man became. Uh, Homo sapiens versus yeah, that yeah. they that they uh, millions of years or thousands of years or whatever they say it was, and that uh, um, they were they were two different species rather than one merging into the other. Sure. So then he's upsetting the apple cart for evolutionists too. So a lot of people don't like him because of what he's saying, but I'm saying that he's closer to what the Bible says than he realizes. Yeah. Yeah. So was there a pre-diluvial, that word means before the flood, high-tech society? Well, there's evidence in Scripture is that there was. So we go to Genesis 6. And this is our go-to passage, of course, over and over again, uh, because it, it proves something. Without saying it directly, we have to read between the lines and realize something's going on here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Genesis 6, verse 1. Yeah, Genesis 4. Oh, Genesis 4, excuse me. Genesis 4. I'm sorry. After all that buildup, I was in the wrong chapter. (laughs) So uh, Genesis 4, verse 16. Uh, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Now, for those who might not know, Cain was the brother of Abel. Uh, Mm -hmm. They both brought a sacrifice in the course of time. Cain brought a bloodless sacrifice, and it wasn't accepted. Because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. For sins, yeah. So Abel's sacrifice was accepted because it was of the sheep mm-hmm. and the flock. Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. There's no blood in a turnip, right? You can't yeah. get blood from a turnip. That's yeah. where that expression comes really? from. Okay. Yeah. So God said, if you do well, it'll be accepted. If you don't, sin lies at the door. Well, he turned around and killed his brother. Okay. All right. Yep. So God put a mark on him and sent him out. And so Cain is the first human rebel against God. Yeah. If you don't count Adam's disobedience. Yeah. He's the first one that openly defied God, murdered him. And then what does he do? Verse 17, Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and buried Enoch. Now, that's not the Enoch that was from Seth's lineage. Yeah. This is an Who earlier Enoch. Book. Didn't write the book of Enoch, but that's where the history. Yeah, allegedly. That's where the book of Enoch came from. Right. Yeah. Allegedly, it's the. So if you took, if you look at the two sons of Noah where there's a lineage that comes down, Cain had a lineage that was probably rebellious and dark yeah. against the Lord. And Seth had a lineage that goes to Noah. Yeah. And that would yeah. have been the godly line. Yeah. Not that they were all godly men, but you get the idea. Yeah. So Cain bare Enoch and he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. Now it's interesting. You read that and you think, oh yeah, the guy went out and built a city. Big deal. Well, no, it's the first city. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. not only did he build a city, but he named a city after his son. So the indication is this is not being done for the Lord. And remember, there's a city mm-hmm. in Genesis 11 that all mankind built after the flood, Babel. Yeah. And yeah. God came down and confounded the language. It's like something about these cities seems to be in open defiance against the Lord. Okay. It's an act of rebellion, you know. And what big cities are good? You know, in America, thing just just That's you know, why everybody wants crime, to move the country. <laughs> yeah, the the crime, corruption, politics, all of that. You know, cities are places, and, well, and we have to build giant structures that show how great we are, like the <laughs> yeah. Washington Monument and the Sears Tower. Oh, Where do we get right? into all okay. that? Right? I won't, yeah, I won't, I won't start that up yet, but yeah, that I plan to do a series on the all occult cities symbolism. have this right. Yeah. These giant skyscrapers are monuments, and it's right. never to God. It's always look how great we are. We are, yeah, yeah. exactly. Man, Man is arrogant. I won't go down that rabbit. 
though. And not only is it man saying, look how great we are, but what we don't know and what's hidden is it's also man saying, look what we worship. Yeah. And it's not God. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, back to the, I'm sorry we get off that tangent. That was my fault. <laughs> but uh, he says, he built the city, named it after son Enoch, verse 18. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mahujael, and Mahujael begat Methusael, and Methusael begat Lamech. Now, this is just a chronology of ancestry from Cain. Yeah. Verse 19, and Lamech took unto him two wives, so evidently the first bigamist. Again, kind of showing the, the lineage of, of rebellion yeah. here. And the name of the one was Ada, the first wife. The name of the other was Zillah. Uh, some believe they might have been sisters. Okay. We don't know. And Ada bare Jabal. Now, so the first child of Lamech from his first wife, the great, 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 great grandson of Cain, <clears throat> Jabal, he was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. So evidently, how does this guy, in other words, this is a, a lineage, a genealogy of a line that stops at the end of the chapter and doesn't continue anymore. Whereas the lineage of Seth, which begins in verse 25, goes all the way to, to Noah, to Abraham, to Moses, to David, to Christ. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, it's interesting that it stops here, and yet they take the time to list these men and what they were the first in. Jabal, the first mm -hmm. to be the father of such as dwell in tents, and such as have cattle. So an agrarian-type society began with him, if you will. Because tents and cattle Im implies animal husbandry, staying in a location, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, 21, and his brother, his brother's name was Jubal. So you got Jabal and Jubal. He was the father of all as handle the harp and organ, first musician. Mm -hmm. All right. Music is not something you just suddenly discover how to do. You don't you think know. he just found a log and was stretch some strings across <laughs> this and see what happens? You think he was shown that? <laughs> is that what you're getting at? Yeah, I think he was shown <laughs> it. And, and that's what we're leaning at. The third brother, which is uh, the, 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 the brother of the other mother, Zillah, she bare Tubal Cain. Notice the yeah. reference back to Cain in his name. He's an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. Uh, and so that means metallurgy, weaponry, yeah, right? Even even martial arts, you could say, came from that. And so three Canaanite descendants in a rebellious line of men, yeah. defying against God, are the first to start what you would call advanced technology. Yeah. In other words, in their lifetimes, there seems to have been an explosion of technology, of yeah, advancement absolutely. in technology. That's what it's implying without saying those words. And then the interesting thing at the end of verse 22, and the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. Now, it's very rare for a woman to be mentioned in a genealogy for any reason okay. other than she does something remarkable. Yeah. Like Deborah, one of the judges of Israel. Okay. Sarah, the wife of Abraham. You know, Rebecca, the wife of Isaac. Yeah. And, and so something remarkable there because they brought forth the nation Israel, ultimately. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. <clears throat> Eve, the first woman, <clears throat> something remarkable about yeah. her. But there were many, many sisters, wives, mothers in this long time period before the flood of Noah yeah. that aren't mentioned. But Naamah gets mentioned with no reference to anything she ever did. And her name, incidentally, means beautiful. Hmm. Naama means beautiful. And then Lamech goes on to say something about, I killed a guy. 
Uh, and if Cain would be avenged for killing his brother, I'm going to be avenged 70-fold, which seems to be a statement of open defiance against God, right? And then from that point forward, nothing more is said about Cain's descendants. It is very likely that the first incursion of the sons of God in Genesis chapter 6 occurred with this line of people. Yeah, this family. I mean, why, why would they mention Naama, right? And she may have been the first daughter or sister or wife or whatever yeah. that was offered to the angels in exchange. So in other words, I believe what probably took place was the angels came down and said, hey, give us Naama to wife. Yeah. We'll bear children through her and we'll teach you. And obviously, they're not going to give them all the trade secrets, but they're going to give them something. Yeah, and yeah. the book of Enoch talks about they taught them all these things, you know, women how to beautify their faces with makeup, uh, herbology and pharmacology, you know, mixing yeah. and smoking peyote and all that stuff. Yeah. And all of those things, archaeology, astronomy, astrology probably. So some knowledge, but not the best knowledge, right? They yeah, probably not holding, God's knowledge. They're probably holding that back. Right. Like, they're not going to teach them how to make a weapon, right? They're going to hold yeah. that back because they're going to want to control these people down exactly. the road. Exactly. Right? And not the righteous knowledge of God, no. but rather a corrupted no. or perverted knowledge yeah. that would cause them to fall in a, a form of worship of Baal and Molech and yeah. Satan. And that's ultimately what happens. So that I believe the first incursion probably took place in their lifetime it happens in Genesis 6, but that's about the time of all this happening. And so um, it says that uh, uh, they they were the first to do, or the father, I should say, of them that dwell in tents, the father of those that handle the harp and organ, and the father of the, every artificer in brass and iron. Mm-hmm. I believe they were given, the wives were given in exchange for advanced technology. I think you're right. And I believe it's a willing trade that took place. I don't believe yeah. they came and just took these women and raped them. Yeah. You yeah. know, in Genesis 6. I believe a willing trade took place because since man was given dominion of the earth by God, yep. these fallen angels or watchers had to ask permission and entered into a contract. Yeah. Because if you go to Genesis 6, chapter uh, verse um, 2, it says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives. They were beautiful, took them wives of all that they chose. So if they took them, why take them as wives? That's a contract. Marriage is a contract, you know, and yeah. therefore I say that this was done willingly by the humans. Plus it says in which they chose. I don't, yeah. I've never really thought of that before, but that's almost like there was like, hey, there's 10 of them here that you can pick one. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's almost like mm. when you choose something, you have options, right? Yeah. Hey, I'm going to drink Coke or Pepsi, right? You know? <laughs> you so it's not like they just came down and some guy was like, hey, I want to learn how to make whatever, work with right. brass and iron and all that, and I'll give you my daughter. Right. He may have said, hey, there's 15 very beautiful women here, and you get to choose which one you want. I don't know. Maybe I'm well, going way off. No, I think you're right. They selected the one they preferred, and then yeah. that tells me that imagine being one of the women who weren't chosen. You know, the women were vying for the top position. Hey, my husband is a Benaiah Lahim. Oh, yeah. I'm going to bring forth Nephilim. You're you're instant royalty. Yes. If that happens. And that's what they were. They became kings on the earth, these sons. Yeah. You know, the sons of these uh, these families. And hence the whole idea of the royal bloodlines. Yeah. 
and then the royal family today. And you don't mean to tell me there's probably not some Nephilim DNA involved in that? Oh, yeah. Because this whole idea of of uh, royal bloodlines is something that it's no it's not just ancient history. It's yeah. still going on. It's just under under the radar. It's behind the scenes. And one last thing before we run out of time, John, go to the book of Ecclesiastes. This is something we, we talk about a lot, and it's right after uh, Psalms, uh, Proverbs, rather. Uh, Psalms, Proverbs, then Ecclesiastes in chapter 1. Because we're discussing the idea of a pre-diluvial high-tech society, Right. Well, we know that there was an explosion of technology probably offered by the sons of God. And then we also see this in chapter 1 of Ecclesiastes, verse 9. The thing which hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new? It hath been already of old time which was before us. There's no remembrance of former things. Neither shall there be any remembrance of those that are to come with those that shall come after. Now, whether Graham Hancock uh, wants to admit it or not, he says, I believe that we are human beings faced with amnesia and that we don't remember we once were advanced civilization. Well, he's in agreement with the scriptures, whether he denies the God of the Bible or not. You know, none of the new technology we see now or will see in the future is actually new, according to the Bible. That's crazy. We're just discovering the lost knowledge of the ancients. Or they're permitting us to, like you said, spoon-feeding it to us little by little because he didn't want us to blow ourselves up yet uh, until the Antichrist comes. So is it possible that that's what's been going on all along? They've had advanced technology, and we're little by little allowed to maybe reverse engineer a a crash-landed UFO at Roswell. Yeah. Well, knowledge will greatly increase, right? Yeah, and and as and we can see it's exploding now with AI, uh, artificial intelligence, with genetic manipulation, with robotics. Uh, I yeah. shudder to think with implanting chips and uh, well, they've been doing it in monkeys, but now they're about to start putting it in human beings. You know? Yeah. They, uh, well, don't they? They want to make it your vaccine passport oh, on your skin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast or five. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And we're actually out of time, folks. But we're going to stop here and continue this discussion about the ultra terrestrial models because we got to get to the ancient occult group next. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one, right there. It's going to be you know the secret societies, Masonics, yeah, uh, Illuminati, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I got to tell you, I found a website called Illuminati.com that will startle you at what they're claiming. You know, we'll have mm. to look at that next okay. time. All right. Very cool. So thank you guys for listening today. Very much appreciate you being a part of this uh, podcast. Thank you for sharing and liking and telling your friends about it. Until next time, John, we'll see you. We'll see you then. All right. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's UTB Now. .com
Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. And we'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely. And keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach. So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. And thanks again for joining us today.